Hi, welcome to the Gamers in Crisis podcast. We are gamers and you're in crisis. I am your co-host, Josh, aka Hat Comics on YouTube and Javis underscore HC on TikTok. With me is your co-host. Hi, I'm Hannah, also known as Hannah Solana on YouTube and Hannah Solana underscore on Instagram. Yeah, and today we are doing an episode on YouTube and create the creator space in general. How uh, we've experienced YouTube and thoughts we have on it as like just a platform in general, just because we've been using it forever. Using it forever, but actually finally trying to create content on it. Well, for Josh, he's been on there a lot longer than I have, um, but it's very interesting how different it is from a viewer standpoint to a creator standpoint, which as a viewer, you don't really really know what really goes on behind the scenes no matter how many youtubers say it it's not the same until you actually start doing it and as a result it's made me as a viewer change um how i watch videos so that i can be more beneficial to my favorite youtubers so we're going to be talking about some of that and just um some other things as i think will be very interesting so you should definitely continue listening to see what the conversation will be like. For sure. Yeah, it's definitely changed my my view of YouTube, just having been on it for a few years now. But we will get into that a bit more after we cover some news. So to start out our news, I think the most like obvious news story here is that E3 is right around the corner. So because of that, there's actually not a lot of news because all the companies are saving that. Uh, for June. E3 is, though, confirmed. It is happening, which I know was a little rough last year. They seem to have gotten things under control. All the big companies are attending, excluding PlayStation, because they don't attend anymore. Um, And I'm pretty excited. What are your thoughts, Hannah? E3 is always, like, my favorite time of year, because it's, like when the nerds come out and I love it. Um, I though <laughs> yeah. never like really anticipate anything because I keep up with the gaming industry, but not like too much, even though I should now, given that we have this podcast <laughs> and that we, yes. I have a gaming YouTube channel, but it's just something that I purposely don't try to deep dive into so that I'm excited for when the day actually comes. So I really hope that maybe some of the games they talked about a couple years ago uh, we will get a little bit more news about them and that we will also learn about some releases for the summer because there isn't really much coming out that's new at least games that fit into what I like to play like we have a, a couple things in May I don't think there's really anything in June or July and I'm pretty sure I have nothing written down for August so hopefully we yeah. get a few uh, surprises that gaming companies were just keeping to themselves I can say the only thing that I look forward to every year and I'm probably gonna have to until I'm like 30 is GTA 6 <laughs> <laughs> the forever game the game we're never ever going to get because GTA 5 continues to be actually really cool i know it's like you know how they're making like it's, their money it's still fun to play it is for sure but i just want another story yeah i want another location that's my issue like i've, I've driven around like los santos so many times i can't exactly. i can't drive around it again and unless you're playing gta 5 online it's not really you can't do anything i haven't touched the game since the first time I played it in 2013 then i think i played it mm-hmm. again in maybe 2016 and i yeah. haven't touched it since um outside of that i hope we get dying light 2 and there was also maybe some talk that there could be a days gone 2 i know days gone is coming to pc really soon but um there might be a second one probably not but i hope so because it's it's a really good story um even if it's not with the same characters you could do a lot with that setting 
I just got Days Gone for free on PS4 for PS Plus, and I'm like, you know, I should play this. Like, it it seems interesting. Should. I like the kind of aesthetic of an open world zombie game. Um, so I should next once I'm done playing games I'm playing currently, I might pick that one up next. I I um, think you should. As for Dying Light, I'm also really excited for that sequel. Um, I know the developers have gone out on record and said that they just revealed it too soon. Mm-hmm. They were like, it's it's not that it's like really behind. It's just that we we talked about it way too early, um, which I think is a big issue in general within the gaming industry, which E3 tends to bring out is just way too early of releases. And that's why I like Nintendo a lot, because they they know they have a very like established release cycle and they know when to reveal a game because they'd never reveal anything a year or two before it comes out, except for Metroid Prime 4 and Bayonetta uh, 3. They were announced when the Switch was released, and we have not heard anything about them since. Yeah, I've always viewed talking about games too early as being really harmful instead of help hurtful instead of helpful for gaming companies because they build up this hype around the game whether they intend to or not but I feel like if you talk about something early it's intentional to try to build up hype mm-hmm. and then either the game doesn't deliver performance wise or it's not ready until like three years from now and it's like why would you tell us about this now like why not just yeah. wait <laughs> until you get closer so that you don't have these like unnecessary expectations held against you. If people don't know yeah. about the thing, they can't pressure you or talk about it because they don't know it exists. Like, <laughs> yeah, just wait sure. three months until it's about to come out instead of like two years. <laughs> yeah, I view like Fallout 4 was the perfect, the perfect example of like when to tell the audience that the game's coming. They're like, hey, Fallout 4 is coming out. It's going to be out in like four months. Also, here's an app that you can play in the meantime. And you're like, amazing. And then it comes out and everyone's super hyped for it. And it's like about what everyone expected it to be. I, I know there are some people who are annoyed with Fallout 4. It's still one of my top favorite games. So I can't I can't complain. So I have a few other stories here. Um, smaller things. Bioshock 4. There was a job li- a few job listings that got like revealed which kind of hint to what the game is going to be there are job listings for urban crowd settings and systematic tribal ecolo- ecology of a sometimes hostile ai uh this is a direct quote from the article i kind of butchered the <laughs> reading that but basically it seems like there's going to be this um open world aesthetic to the game this like I, I'm kind of taking it as it's going to have this um, We Happy Few vibe to it. Mm. Like they're kind of inspired by that um, type of setting and might be incorporating some of that. That there's like this AI that's not always going to be antagonistic like the big daddies maybe. Definitely there's enough like evidence that it's going to be a new setting. Um, going to be an open world new setting and have um, some new like gameplay mechanics which i'm excited about maybe a bit more of a like a uh, rpg style than a traditional like bioshock hallway shooter which i think is interesting i like the kind of change of direction it's been a while since we had a bioshock game so i don't mind them taking some risks and the my biggest complaint would be like as long as the setting is good like Bioshock games have good gameplay and i like the gameplay but i come for the setting so as long as the setting is well thought out i will be happy yeah, I feel like We Happy Few totally fits a Bioshock vibe. I never thought about it before. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the first Bioshock with like the Max people, even though I don't even know if I fully remember the story of We Happy Few. I saw it one time and mm-hmm. I thought it was good. It wasn't my favorite game ever, but I would rewatch yeah. it again. But I feel like uh, the two definitely would 
can coexist very nicely. Yeah, I, I, I need to play the We Happy Few. I've seen a few people play it and I know enough about the game that it's very Bioshock inspired, but there's like some key differences. I think there's a procedural element to the game that I'm, I'm not sure if that's true. Another uh, sad news, but important to be aware of, those who are fans of Minecraft, the next update, the Caves and Cliffs update, has actually been split into two releases. So there's going to be one in the summer and one in the holidays. The one in the summer containing a lot of the items and mobs that we would see, the new biomes. The one in the holidays is going to contain all the world generation and possibly like the deep dark biome and all the like Shulk and Ward and stuff. Though that is an interesting question because... They haven't quite confirmed what is and isn't going to be in the new in like the summer update when it comes to like unrevealed features. But the general rule of thumb is if it hasn't been shown yet, it's probably not going to be in this update. And if we have seen it, it's probably going to come out sooner rather than later. So I'm pretty I'm still really excited about it. I wish the caves were going to be there, but they're also releasing a data pack that allows you to have the caves in your world anyway. So I'm all right. Also this month, by the time this podcast will come out, Pokemon Snap will have already been released. But as of right now, it's releasing on the 30th and we're recording a few days before that. I might pick it up and stream it. Along with that, um, there is a thing called the Insta Mini Link Photos Companion app, which is going to release at the same time, which goes with the mini link uh, mini link. Anyway, it's like a Polaroid camera that prints iPhone foot pictures. It comes with an app that is going to work with Pokemon Go, Pokemon Go, Pokemon Snap, which then you can just print your snap pictures out, which is kind of fun. And it's going to have like a Pikachu carrying case. And last thing I have is that uh, Horizon Zero Dawn is free on PS4, if you have PS4, I think PS5 as well. Horizon Zero Dawn is now free and it'll be free until May 15th. So that is all the news I have. Okay, so my news, which isn't really news, I kind of just wanted to talk about it because I've been thinking about it for the last five days (laughs) because I don't know what to do, is about Mm -hmm. Resident Evil 8. So I'm a really huge fan of the Resident Evil franchise. Actually, the first game I ever saw was Revelations 2 and I didn't know like really what Resident Evil was. I just thought it was a really cool game and I remembered it. When RE7 came out, that's when I started to get like really into the franchise more. The eighth game comes out May 7th and I'm not going to really talk. I'm going to talk about it as like a you've already seen it type of thing. So if anyone hasn't seen it, the trailers or the free demos, um, you definitely should because they're really good. Ethan and Mia are back again. Um, Chris is also there. At first, like, I was like, oh no, I definitely can't play this because you are in this one house with the vampire lady. And um, I'm not good at sneaking. It makes me sweat. And then <laughs> there is this other half to where you're in the forest, which is what um, the, or I should say the outside like town area, which is what the recent demo was about. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, that seems doable. Um, of course, you're alone and it's in first person, so you really can't see what's around you, like how you could when they were in third person. But I, then they showed some more of the trailer and there's like these creepy, like creepy crawly looking people climbing up and down on like this gate. Mm. And then you have these huge werewolves and you have this dude with this like huge weapon. Like it looks almost like an axe type of thing. I'm just like, you know what? Why... Should I put myself through that stress for what? Like, I'm like, why would I sit here and raise my heart rate like that and sweat for what? What is the benefit? But for then, the experience. I mean, <laughs> yeah. But then I thought, I'm like, well, hold on now. You want to be a gamer? I know you don't have to play every game, but I'm like, 
you should do it to conquer your own fear. <laughs> I'm trying to like pep talk myself. Well, you yeah. should play this to conquer your own fear and tell yourself that you finally beat a Resident Evil game by yourself. Because all the others, except for six, I've watched people play. I haven't seen a gameplay for six yet, but I'm scared, Josh. I really, I'm very nervous <laughs> to play this game. I'm so scared I- for you, but I, I feel like if you can conquer this game, you might discover a love for horror that you didn't realize you had. Well, I love horror, but as a viewer, well, not yeah. the one to play it though. But as, but like a player of horror, that's what I mean. Well, yeah, you're right. That's how I was with like the original Dark Souls. I was like, you know what? If I'm going to be a gamer, I got to beat the gamer game, you know? And then I did. And I was like, oh, I actually really like this. I also realized there's like three different modes. I'm definitely going to play it on casual because if y'all going to put me through this much stress, it is not about to be a difficult time either. So I would play it on casual. It's no shame in my game. As long as you beat it, that's really all that matters. The story is still the same. Yes, the enemies are weaker on casual mode and normal than hard but i'm hey, here for if you a enjoy it don't don't let anyone complain about how you play the game unless you're affecting other people don't like don't aggressively troll people on like fortnite this topic of resident evil does take me into our main topic so i'm gonna like start to build towards that about youtube so yeah. i was thinking about this this game and i'm just like dude i don't know if i could do this so i thought about some of my favorite black content creators. I watch a lot of people from various backgrounds, but I'm black. So that's what I'm going to be talking about first. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I watched yeah. uh, Iberlizzi Berlin. I watched his Outlast gameplay. And the reason I watched his again is because I feel like his reaction to it is similar to mine. Like you're scared, you're stressed, you're trying to figure out what's going on, you're trying to play it. And it's like sometimes you got to take a break. Whereas... When I watch John Wolf, that dude is like a beast at every single horror game. Like he is so good at them. Um, and I I wish to get to his level of horror game tolerance and just like not mm-hmm. being afraid. And not that he doesn't get afraid, but he, it's like he don't get as scared as I could be. It's cool. But anyway, so I was watching um Berlin's Outlast 2 gameplay and watching his reaction. And I'm like, you know what? If Berlin could play this game and get through it, and I'm pretty sure he played it on hard because he like showed the screen a little bit i'm like i could totally get through resi 8s on casual like just don't be afraid plus it's just a game if you get too stressed just turn off the xbox however this got me into thinking about black female gamers on youtube so let's say we're going to be talking about youtube today and this is one of the things that i was thinking about i'm trying to insert myself into the gaming industry which we know is a very male typically white male dominated yeah, for sure. And so already being a woman alone is like pretty difficult because for some reason mm-hmm. women are not seen seen as being able to play video games. That makes no absolute sense. We both have the same brain. Are we not looking at the same thing? Like it got me thinking about some of the black female content creators that I love being like X Mira Mira, Zarela. Um, I talk about X Mira Mira so much on my channel. I probably sound like a fan page, which I might be. I might be, but I started looking on YouTube for, so Zarela posts on YouTube, X Mirror Mirror more so post on Twitch, which I feel like um, I love that for them. Zarela does on Twitch too. She also does like mainly Sims, Um, but I love that for them that they're on Twitch because YouTube really be tweaking with a lot of people's videos and like just not pushing them out when they should. But... Um, it made me try to find 
big name black female gamers on YouTube, not on Twitch, on YouTube. And I couldn't. I went and I Googled mm. it and it was showing me women, but I'm like, okay, but where are black women at? Like, where are the yeah. black women who play casual games, not just one specific game, not just Sims, Call of Duty, whatever, who play like a plethora of games, like how a lot of gamers do. I couldn't find any. And I found that really interesting. And it just made me think about why. And, um, like Berlizzi has, he's in the millions with his subscribers and I love that because we love to see it. And like RDC Gaming, I love to watch them and they have their millions of subscribers. But as far as female wise, I didn't see it. Or like if I do see any black female gaming channels, their subscriber count is low. Like sometimes it's not even in the 100,000s. And I'm just like, what's going on here? Is it because like everyone is on Twitch? more so or is it that youtube is not pushing their videos like why why don't i see anyone who looks like me like why can't i find a duplicate of what i'm aspiring to be already established on youtube which i find that really crazy mm -hmm. so i don't know what that's about but it's just food for thought and it basically made me say Hopefully one day I can become the person that I am searching for. Because I know that yeah, there that could other... be you. It could be. Who knows? Which means I need to defeat Resident Evil 8. <laughs> yeah, that's what's that's that's the thing holding back. Like <laughs> you beat Resident Evil 8 and your channel just explode immediately. I'm an established gamer. I'm a feel... no, not even channel wise. Yeah. It's just going to be for me. Like where I, feel I would love like... to watch you play that game. Just just so you know. So what you're saying is you want me to have high blood pressure. Yes, on camera. On yes. camera. Nice. But yeah, so kind of like starting that topic is just, I guess, mm -hmm. um, racial differences on YouTube and subscriber count because it's like YouTubers who are so messy and bring no actual benefits mm -hmm. to the platform are the people who have the tens, 11 million subscribers. But then yeah, for the sure. people who um, are actually bringing something of benefit especially if you're not white especially if you're a woman you are on the lowest of low and even women mm -hmm. in general of any race don't get as many subscribers but it's just like it, it's just so funny because i feel like that's not how youtube was supposed to be it was just supposed to be a place where people uploaded videos that they wanted to make but then when money gets mm -hmm. involved and things and everything starts growing everything changes and now I've always, I feel like you can't be who you truly want to be because they want to demonetize you so quickly. And it's just like, mm. can you really call this YouTube? Because this isn't how I would have my tube. <laughs> well, speaking of what you were saying, like, I, I was noticing that too. Like, and I just thought, I think this on like my free time too, is just like, who am I subscribed to? And like, what like identities am I subscribed to? Um, and it's, it is mostly just white men. And I realized that like, as I was um, kind of going to college and such that I was like, I really don't have, I don't really follow a very diverse group of people on YouTube. Like they discuss diverse topics and I wouldn't say they're like the worst people. Some of them were. Some of the people I stopped following and for good reason. Mm -hmm. um, but some of the people like, they, they had like diverse-ish like groups per se. Um, and, and definitely as like time has gone on, like, if they are a group, they've added new members and they've been diversifying their their teams. But I agree with what you're saying. Like, it's very rarely like to people of color. It's it's mostly like we have 
now we have women on the group now we have people who have like maybe some trans identities or have um just lgbtq members on our team but i i do rarely see like these groups starting to add like persons of color and particularly women of color Mm -hmm. um there have been some groups that have been doing this and i don't want to call it any specific groups just because i don't want to i don't want to flame anybody but it definitely felt like it was more tokenizing than it was like actually having a push for diversity, which isn't fun. I feel like it should just be natural. It shouldn't be something that you feel like you have to do. You should just mm-hmm. do it because there are a whole bunch of people in this world who have the same likes and interests as you. So it's just like, well, where are they at, though? Because like yeah. I said, I know that I'm not the only person like myself searching for these YouTube. Where where are y'all at? Like, I want to see you play a whole yeah. bunch of stuff because I like a whole bunch of stuff and Sims. I'm not going to stop playing Sims. I feel like that's also a game that is tailored to women. I feel like I, I do watch. It's mark. I feel like it's definitely marketed towards at least. Yeah, like I watch males play Sims, but not too much because I've always felt like Sims isn't considered a participant when you talk about games. Like most people would say something like Resident Evil, Call of Duty, whatever. And it's like, oh, and Sims. Yeah, I think there's just a general this is just a this is just a shitty thing that happens within the gaming community in general is if there is a game which has a majority audience of like women, per se. A lot of gamers will discredit that as being a real game. For example, people, a lot of people won't consider Sims, Animal Crossing or like even Pokemon sometimes and just and mobile games as real games where it's like it's a game like it's a it's a that's a it's a video game. It's it's a real game. Like exactly. you it's not like I'm writing things on paper like this is a real video game. Just the gatekeeping that occurs in gaming is very aggressive and very frustrating at times. And especially on YouTube, I feel like there's a lot of gatekeeping in YouTube um, at times. And part of that is just the algorithm, how it works. And like for to some degree, I understand why it has to be that way. But like, it's still frustrating. Um, so to speak on some like just general things about like, say it's some advice for starting out as someone who has like been on the platform um, creating content for like three years now and have only just started to experience like growth in any like major capacity. You, you got to have patience like mm-hmm. it's it's frustrating and it definitely is not going to be like the most fun thing in the world. But the number one thing is like you just got to you just got to keep making and keep waiting and like hope hope that something that you make grows like it the the ultimate advice and it's the like not the most fun advice is that it's a gamble like youtube there's no way to guarantee you will succeed on youtube unless you have an established audience already like a big brand or like a well-known like social media company like if you're starting out that way you already have an audience and you can just kind of start translating that to YouTube Mm -hmm. through the right means. But if you're just an individual creator, someone who has watched YouTube all their life, but doesn't have a large social media following and wants to get into it, you can. It's just going to be hard. And it's also, like you said, it takes a lot of patience and discipline when you're starting out. And I'm so also trying to remind myself is that at the end of the day, YouTube is a search engine. That is something that you Mm. cannot forget. Yes, you can make your channel not be a search engine, but this is a search engine. When you need to know how to do something, what do you do? You go on YouTube. If your toilet broke and you don't know how to fix it, you're going to go watch a video because it, like Google, which is the people who own YouTube, 
it's a search engine. Mm. So yeah, it's like you have to remember that, and also that the algorithm is not a person; it is a computer. So it's mm-hmm. it's not going to watch it for you. Like the algorithm can't pick up on you; it can only pick up on the coding details of your video for one is your content searchable i think that's like the first thing and usually yeah it might not be because most people want to make something for themselves like gaming mm-hmm. videos are searchable but not really it's not like a tutorial one thing this one youtuber i watched said is that you have to do 80 percent content for yourself 20 percent for the algorithm and i feel like yeah that makes a lot of sense like if you just post like a searchable video here and there It'll pop up and people recommend it. That will help your other stuff grow. If you can get like, that's what happened for me. Like if you get one video, you make a bunch of videos. If you get one video that is searchable and like people will find just through like the YouTube system rather than through knowing who you are, um, that can help propel the rest of your content. Exactly. Um, so it, it's good to keep in mind things like the tag system, like always always tag your videos if you're if you're posting on youtube and you're not tagging your videos you're, you're not doing it right and title um, it well and write a description yeah title well make sure the description tells the audience what the video is about that is something i was doing wrong for a while and make sure the tags that you're putting in are things that people will actually search though these are just some basic things to get right and it takes some time to really figure out where you're going it there's some auto generation tag auto gen tag websites which can make your life easier but it's also good to know which ones are good and which ones aren't really helpful because if you if it's giving you tags that doesn't make sense people would ever type that into their computer then maybe don't look at that website also a good way to get to get started on youtube um is to start somewhere else for example tiktok is really big right now and tiktok is in particular really good for discoverability tiktok as a platforms its algorithm is based around getting pretty much anyone's content to get big and explode and become popular there's it's hard to like monetize yourself per se on youtube on tiktok and make money as compared to youtube it's a great way to like be found um so if you can start putting stuff on tiktok and tailor it for that platform and continue to post on youtube once you start growing on tiktok you can then start translating some of those people over to youtube and though it won't like it won't be one-to-one like if you have say like a thousand followers on TikTok, you might get one or two of those people to go over to tick to YouTube and like generally keep that as like a reference. Um, but if you continue to shout your stuff out, you'll stand, you'll steadily send some people over. And what's important to know on YouTube is that a video they they don't recommend videos right away. Like if you're, if you just upload a video and it's your first video you ever uploaded to YouTube's not going to recommend that to people. No one knows it you. needs to have, so ma- a certain number of views and a certain number of like relevance and likes before they start actually recommending it to people. So if you can use TikTok to just kind of get over that initial barrier, your content then can propel you forward on YouTube. Uh, and the best thing you can do is just have a lot of synergy between your social accounts. So if you have a set schedule for posting on YouTube and then you post that stuff on TikTok and then you take clips of that and put that on Instagram and then you put that on Facebook as well, like just spreading your net farther and catching as many people as you can. These are just some general things. Of course, when you're first starting out, don't stress yourself on that stuff. Like you're also just starting and at this point it's better kind of to focus on your content and making your make sure you're you like what you're doing rather than like focusing on making sure you're doing every individual thing right because 
that's how you give yourself a panic attack. Yeah. Use social media as a tool to help you grow. But you also still want to make content on YouTube, like good content, because if you are on TikTok or on Instagram or whatever, and okay, you get people to go over to your YouTube channel. If you don't have anything for them to watch, they're not going to stay because people Mm -hmm. subscribe so that they can continue to see your content. But if you don't have anything worth subscribing to, unless you get, I'm one of those people. If I come across a channel, which this did happen, they only had one video, but that one Mm -hmm. video was so good that I was like, I feel like they would continue to make great videos. So I'm going to subscribe, but not a lot of people are Mm -hmm. like that. Like most people need to watch two, three, four videos to to kind of fill your personality out, see if they like you. So make sure Mm -hmm. that, you're also posting good content on YouTube and you just have to have patience. Like no one knows you. Every single YouTuber, every single anybody who's anybody that you like once started out as nobody. Beyonce, because I love me some Beyonce. Meg Stallion. Who else? Who did I talk about? Imagine Beyonce as a nobody, but she was. And like Berlin, <laughs> At who one point. I talked about, all had nobody. But you have to be consistent. And you have mainly you have to want it. And I feel like I always heard people say you have to want this for the right reasons. And that's so true, Mm -hmm. because if not, you're going to give up a lot easier if your content or page or whatever doesn't pop off in the first 10 minutes that you upload. People do just come across your videos, like even if you have zero subscribe like say you just are doing youtube only you still can be found so i'm i'm a mm-hmm. i'm a disagree a little bit with you josh when you said that like they don't push it like they do but of course it's not gonna be as much right because you haven't established yourself with the algorithm yet to tell them that your videos are worth being pushed but i feel like if you have like the description and title, like something that'll allow you to possibly be found, at least even if it's the slightest, that is how you can grow. But if you are just like, say you want to make a like a Minecraft video and you just like post it up there with like no thumbnail, no real description and just like no thumbnail, any no, title, no description, no tags. No one's going to see it. No one can find it. It's like yeah. it's like a needle in a haystack. Like no one is going to find you. So and that was what I was doing in the past. It was like, here's a little Minecraft video without a thumbnail or like an interesting title. Or like a reason for me. Why. Yeah, I'm be like, why would I watch yeah. that? Like, what is the benefit? Yeah, exactly. And also don't clickbait um, because people are not going to say like. I think if you if you clickbait and you don't re- pay off that clickbait, people are going to be mad. People are just going to be annoyed that they clicked your video. And as a viewer, um, which you wouldn't know unless you make YouTube videos, is that views, I don't want to say they don't matter because they do, but it's more so view duration that matters more Mm -hmm. than anything. So you could have like a channel that has a hundred thousand subscribers if people are watching their videos from beginning to end not only will they grow but monetization wise they should be straight because people are watching and that's telling the algorithm like hey people actually really like this let's try to put it in front of more people but if you could Mm -hmm. have a channel that has a million subscribers if you put up a 30 minute video and your watch time is five minutes it doesn't matter how many subscribers or views that video may get nobody's watching it 
Yeah. Right now, YouTube's doing a slight push towards like uh, shorts uh, and shorter content because they had a very like set like 10 minute time frame in the past. And now it's kind of favoring shorter stuff like that because of TikTok and everything. Um, It's very like it's very important to look at like the state of all of the world and all of social Mm -hmm. media and everything when you're kind of if you really want to get into like the minutia of what exactly the algorithm is looking for. But if you're just trying to create because you like creating just do it. Just focus on the creating part of it at first. And the audience itself will come as you get better at it. Don't don't start for the audience. Start for yourself. And then per, as you understand what you create, then you can start looking at the audience and seeing what people want. But if you don't, you're going to get frustrated and you're going to give up. It's like some. it's with anything in life, it, dude, with anything in life that you truly want. You are going Mm -hmm. to continue to push forward until you get it. If you want it for the right reasons. If you don't, you're going to give up. And this is just like this. You have to remember, like, this is something you're building yourself. It's not like if you go work for somebody else, they already did that building part. So you just are like joining their team to help them stay afloat. This is something you're building yourself from the ground up. It's just going to take time. It's the reality of the situation. Now, do some people randomly blow up? Yes. Why does that happen? Oh, it just happens. It it happens. <laughs> you they hit a sweet spot. That's that's really what happens. Yeah. Like they just hit a perfect little. Oh, this was this video just perfectly fit in with a search term, and it, it got recommended to a bunch of people. Like that. That's just. It, it's hard to predict and it just happens. Exactly. It, yeah. Sometimes it's just right time, right place, recognizing like when. Oh, that's something this YouTuber once said. He's like, if you say that there is a want for something, but no one to fulfill that want. Like, yeah, something I, like that, I get what you mean. Like, maybe you could be <laughs> that person. And sometimes if, if there's a, a demand for something and no one's fulfilling it, then you could be that person. to fulfill. Yeah, I, I see what you're meaning. That's how I felt with uh, when the medium came out for xbox nobody was playing that game and like i couldn't even fulfill my own want because i don't have an xbox series x but i'm just like why is no one playing this game like it was a yeah and you'd think people would because they need games to play on their xbox exactly and it was a new xbox exclusive game i came across like three people when it first came out they might have posted them since then like it might have just been too weird for people even though like it's really cool but like it's it's unusual, so people might have stayed away from it. Uh, Cap, out of all the games that are out here, that game is probably one of the most... People played Five Nights at Freddy's. I think that game is weird. <laughs> like, I watched it, but yeah, I think that I, game I, is no, weird. I, I, I agree. I think it's a really cool idea. And I wouldn't be like, oh, that's weird. But like, I think that might just be what people think Um, because they're like, well, it's too split screen. How am I? How's my how's my smooth brain going to understand this? We grew up playing a DS. (laughs) True, true. We've had split. People have two monitors, three monitors. Their brain is fine. I think I think what the issue is, like, it wasn't really promoted. Like I saw how I saw the game was at E3. Yeah, I I didn't hear anything from about it until you. So that's what I think. That's probably one of the biggest issues that they just it wasn't marketed well. I saw it at E3 one time and I remembered it because I thought it was really cool. And so I've been keeping up with it personally, but I haven't seen any advertisements, maybe like a little bit here and there, but nothing like crazy. What's the weirdest game you've ever played? This is like a side topic, but with like personal experience. Weirdest game I've ever played. There's definitely one and I can't I can't think of it. Or I guess on the AAA level, let's say that more people. A triple A, like a weird triple A game I played 
um, near Automata. Weird game. I loved it. Very, very like, even as like JRPGs go, had a very weird like sense about it. <laughs> People thought Death Stranding was weird. And so I'm just like, I thought it was. I like, should play that game. It's a little weird. It is kind of like gameplay wise. Nier was very traditionalized gameplay, like very fun, very like well defined. Death Stranding would be weird. Like I, this is something I've never done this before. Um, oh, you know what? No, it was a weird game I played. Um, Pantsu Hunter. Is that what you were doing, Josh? <laughs> so that's what I was doing. Um, I didn't beat it. We got through past the first level. We were like, I can't do this anymore. But either way, it's just like you don't think of your game as weird because somebody's going to like it. And it also goes for YouTube as well. There's going to be someone out there who likes your video and there's going to be a, more people like that one person who like your video because people have multiple interests. It's not just I don't only watch gaming. I also watch daily vlogs, beauty videos, cooking videos like it's, most people don't have just one single like and there, there's way of ways of finding that audience i think that's important mm-hmm. like if you you can find the audience for that game that you're looking for like you could find like a subreddit that really likes that or you can find a, another platform that might be into it if you if if that's like the way you think and that's how you want to go out about getting it all these people in the world somebody gonna watch your stuff <laughs> yeah all of these people there is somebody out here who will find you and who will watch it. Just post, okay? Upload. Don't think too much about it. Some last thoughts are just take a break. Like, take a pause. Like, if you if you aren't getting the growth you want, you have the ability to just take a step back and breathe and, and not overstress yourself about it. Reevaluate if what you're doing is what you like doing and if you want to keep making that kind of content. Because once you start growing, that's when you you start to lose some of the ability to take breaks. Then you have like a schedule and you have an audience you have to keep up with. Take advantage of the of the chance you have to really think about your content while you have it, because otherwise you might you get swept up doing something you don't like doing. Then that's not going to be fun. And that's what I also had to stop. Like when I first started YouTube less than a year ago, I um. Mm-hmm niched myself as a sims channel but i quickly stopped doing that because i'm like one i play way too many games to just focus on one game Mm -hmm. and if i want to change later on me putting myself in this box in the beginning is going to stop me from being able to change so i'm like just don't market yourself as any specific type of gaming channel i just say casual gaming plus sims but like just casual gaming that's what i'm seeing right now with like pokemon is like my channel has become very very fairly niche with like the pokemon community videos that i make that aren't pokemon do not do nearly as well not something i'm mad about necessarily because i do like pokemon and i have a lot of things i can say on the topic but i want to make sure that audience expands out from just pokemon in the future i think you should start when i talk about my channel i yeah when i talk about my channel i say it's all things nerdy video games and like cartoons like those are those are the things i talk about but when it looks at the content though it is all those things it is mostly pokemon um and part of that is just i'm doing it because that is what's popular, and I do like making it. Um, but as I grow, I need to be conscious and aware that that's not the only thing I want to do and that I should continue making things, even though it might not be the most popular. It's still what I like to do. Um, yeah, my last two cents 
are mainly what Josh said. Like if you feel like it's just not, you need a break, just take a break, which you totally can um, when you're first just starting. And like you said, really think about what you want to do. I was making videos that I really didn't want to. I was like forcing myself to, to try to stay consistent, but personality wise, I wasn't in it. So some of those videos I like took off because I'm like, dude, I sound like I don't want to be here. But now I feel like since the discussion that we just had about um, black female casual gamers on YouTube, I'm kind of like feel like I've been towards a new goal, I guess, where I'm just like, you know what? I want to try to be and I'm not aiming to be a huge YouTuber at all. That is not my goal. I'm there to have fun and build a community of people like me who are looking. I want to be the person that I'm looking for right now. And that hopefully anybody else like myself who mm -hmm. wants to do a channel can be like, yeah, you know what? She's doing it. So I can too. Just like how Berlin just inspired me. I've decided I am going to play Resident Evil 8 just now. How he has inspired me mm -hmm. to play it because I'm seeing him do it. So I'm inspired through him and like seeing X Mirror Mirror do her thing, Zarela, RDC Gaming, everybody else. I want to do it too mm -hmm. and like add more diversity to the platform and be that black girl gamer that's like playing these games and killing it and having fun and building a healthy community to where we can yeah. just have fun and like game. Like, who doesn't want to do that? Emphasis on building a healthy community. Yeah. Don't be toxic. And don't promote toxicity in your community. No, because that good. stuff is temporary. Like, people want to see tea for, like, a little bit, but not every single day. Like, no, who wants to be negative every no. single day? That's trash. Anyway. What we're playing um, and what what's going on in our lives. So what what are you playing, Hannah? I haven't had a chance to touch my Xbox in a very long time due to the beautiful semester. Um, but we're almost done. <laughs> Finals. Yeah, our last day of classes Love is on it. Monday. But on YouTube, I have been watching um, John Wolf play both. I just realized Life is Strange. I'm watching the like the DLC of the first game right now, and I'm going to watch the second one. And then I finally watched Little Nightmares. And at first, <laughs> so that's the game that I thought was weird like when it first came out. Um, I yeah. watched one and two. I like the second one more. I like doing more with... Because like, you play as Mono and like Six isn't like the main character in this one. Yeah, I, I think Two is a better game, but I do really like One. I like the end of One when you're like with the rich people and they're like trying to get you and stuff like that. I just finished playing Little Nightmares One and I, I really enjoyed the ending too. Like the ending is like the most fun part mm -hmm. of the game. I was like... Mm -hmm forget six this entire time especially after the first game and when you watch the dlc yeah. of the first game not a good person no <laughs> definitely not a good person little nightmares um, gives you no one to root for which is something else no. john said it's like you want to root for six then she does that you want to root for mono then he does his thing the only people i liked were the gnomes of the first game they were the only good people there speaking of like other horror games i've been playing a lot of Subnautica because I got that free on PS4 and I've been really digging that game. It's like all the things I like in video games, open world, fascinating story, really interesting like concepts, um, fun crafting and building and it's easy. It's not hard. You don't have to memorize a thousand recipes. All the recipes take like two things and they're fairly easy enough to get. Very, very fun. Very, very enjoyable. Very terrifying. I just have a big fear of like my number one fear in life is being trapped in the middle of the ocean with nothing around like deep, deep water. Like that is my absolute fear. I 
hate it. I do not like not knowing what's beneath me. That is exactly what Subnautica is, is like constantly having to go into deeper water, not know what's beneath you, not know what's in front of you. It's just horrifying. And it's it's not even horror from necessarily the gameplay, just from the, the concept of the game is terrifying for a lot of people. That's all I got for this week. I those are what that's what I'm playing. That's those are my thoughts on on YouTube and all of my news. Same. That is going to be it for us. Thank you so much for listening. We got a chance to talk about YouTube, tips on starting a new YouTube channel, and just some other things and bits and bobs that we have going on. RE8 comes out May 7th. I'm going to try to play it on my channel. So if you're interested in seeing any more of us, my YouTube channel is Hannah Solana. Hi, I'm Josh. Uh, my channel is Hacked Comics on YouTube and Javis underscore HC on TikTok. Why are you whispering? I got really close to the mic so that I could do a little ASMR outro. <laughs> you see who I'm friends with? This is what I do with. Yeah. Um, uh, if you like my stuff, I make a lot of animated shorts about um, video games, cartoons, and all things nerdy. I make um, mostly right now Pokemon animations, though also I talk about like Avatar a lot and um, other like AAA games that I'm excited for. Um, and he's really talented. <laughs> thank you. So uh, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you in our next episode. Stay in crisis, gamers.